What a day. What a day. I woke up this morning and, you know, it was interesting because got a little rain last night, sat up, watched some TV last night. Caratini traded for by the Brewers. They bring in a backup catcher. I'm thinking, okay, you know. And then as I'm watching the late-night reports on the Golf Channel and on the Four-Letter Network and such, uh, you see the lights as they begin to fade on Augusta, and we are now about a minute 30 as they got pushed back a little bit because of weather this morning uh, from Tiger Woods teeing off. And what has to be one of the largest crowds ever for a tee-off at uh, at the first tee box, it has been amazing to watch Tiger in a bright neon pinkish shirt um, make the walk from the practice range. Then he jumps in the golf cart, goes to the other side of Augusta, where he makes the walk through the crowd. And they've got to be, and I'm not I'm not kidding you when I say the crowd there has to be fifty deep. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe thousands, sitting around the first tee box as Tiger Woods is about to be introduced to the uh, the Augusta crowd, and he's about to tee off. And then, as if that isn't dramatic enough, you've got to the Brewers with a light workout yesterday, and they are now in Chicago and getting ready to take on the uh, Cubs on opening day. Welcome to the program. What a day. Uh, and then, you you know, you've got other things that are happening around, you know, sports as well, just in general. But um, just is so interesting as today's drama begins. So um, and then there is, by the way, uh, according to Adam Schefter, there are seven offers on the table right now for DK Metcalf in the final year of his rookie deal. And so actually what's going to happen, we'll wait and see. But uh, apparently the Packers are in the mix because and they, we all know they, you know, we, we all know that they need uh, wide receiver help and DK Metcalf would be that guy to come in as a veteran. The Packers uh, reportedly, if you want to go by the fictional side of things, uh, as many of the different writers say, this is what the Packers would trade. Uh, the 2022 first and fourth round picks, number 28, number 132. So keeping the uh, Seahawks in the top 150 with two different picks would be the offer. As uh, Tiger Woods just tees off and immediately realizes that he has gone left and he has found himself um, beyond the bunker, but... Still uh, in a little bit of a trap. But the fact that it's not that long ago that we were taking pictures and looking at pictures and looking at video and such of a car on its top uh, off a ravine down the hills in California, uh, completely smashed up and he was being transported to a hospital, uh, is nothing more than miraculous at this point. So uh, we'll keep you updated as to what the leaderboard is at, at Augusta. But that is one of the the offers that could possibly be out there for the Green Bay Packers to uh, to trade uh, for DK Metcalf services. It apparently it seems anyway as if the Packers are involved. Now, whether it actually comes to fruition, we'll have to wait and see. My assumption is 
if you're Seattle, John Schneider is not going to give any kind of a hometown discount to the Green Bay Packers. I'll tell you that right now. My assumption, and he's a pretty shrewd dude. So my assumption is that he just sits back and as we draw closer to the NFL draft, and I'd said this last week, I said it earlier this week, I said in the next week or two, maybe 10 days out, somewhere in there is when you're going to hear about a deal getting done as the Green Bay Packers and as the the uh, the draft approaches because teams are going to teams are going to want to trade away somebody they are then going to um really begin to position themselves for this year's draft to get the best deal they possibly can prior to the end of April so the next week or two is going to be uh very indicative as to what the market is going to be but that being said Ben how you doing today man Oh, what a day. I was like a little kid on Christmas Eve last night. It was, uh, did you just watch Tiger Tia? I, I did. I did. I have it. It's on the TV, but the TV in the studio is a little bit too small. And for some reason, the screen doesn't fill it. So it's like a mini TV inside an even smaller one. So you can't see really? anything. But I have it okay. up on another window. That's bizarre. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the the Masters is underway. Tiger has now teed off. And like I said before, they pushed a little bit of it back because of weather this morning because he was supposed to tee off at 9.30 and he gets uh, he tees off a little after uh, 10 a.m. Central time. But uh, but he's off and walking and uh, says he feels great. Uh, you know, I mean, he you know, as good as he possibly can. He feels like he can win, uh, it, you know, his first tee shot. Tiger has always been known for not necessarily being the most accurate when it comes to uh, drives where Tiger has always succeeded is his second and third shot. His his shot that only Tiger could do off of the straw, off of the pine needles, off of the side of the golf course, um, specifically at Augusta, where he slices it down a fairway, it rolls up the front of the green and then ends up three feet from the cup. That's always been Tiger's kind of charge. Where he, where he lost his game is in the ability to do that consistently. So now he's going to be tested yet again, and we'll see how. And I'm sure, look, his first drive, uh, even Andy North said it, uh, he's got to have some butterflies, big time. And as I sit here and watch him climb up, because it doesn't look that hilly, for lack of a better term, but now that they have the cameras on the ground following Tiger, you can see. As Tiger lags behind a little bit, the two caddies with the bags, who are both walking with, you know, big, heavy 50-pound bags on their back, Tiger legs a little bit behind them with that uh, ever-so-slight limp, the uh, the remnants uh, of that car accident, as he then heads up the hill and begins to look at his second shot. So, And we'll keep you up to date all day long as to what Tiger does. So uh, that's where we kind of stand. In the meantime, you've got Caratini, and we kind of figured – and do you give David Stearns credit? He came up with Caratini. Not a bad backup. Victor Caratini, I mean, obviously, they gave up a little bit to get him, but, um, you know, they needed they needed a backup catcher. They wanted uh, to, to not go into the season with uh, a catching depth issue. So the Brewers go after Victor Caratini and Alec, uh, Alex Jackson. Uh, they addressed the catching depth uh, the day after Pedro Severino suspended for 80 games, and they sent minor league outfielder 
Corey Howell and catcher Brent Sullivan to the Padres in exchange for Caratini. And the Brewers landed Jackson from Miami for uh, minor league infielder uh, Hayden Cantrell and pitcher Alex Ramirez. So the Brewers, who opened the, the season today against Chicago, then send Jackson to the AAA affiliate in Nashville, and you go from there. And David Stearns pulls off a pretty solid deal, I guess, for lack of a better term. He figures it out. So nice. Caratini, by the way, a switch hitter. Nothing major. Nothing big out of him. He hit 242, 22 dingers, 112 RBI, and 362 career games with the Cubs. And then in the Padres organization as well. Primarily his plate catcher, but has 59 career appearances over at first base as well. Has experience at third base and a little bit in the outfield. A versatile player. A guy that uh, they can use in different situations. But when you look at the... um, when you look at the 20, uh, 22 homers and 112 RBI in 362 games, not bad numbers. Not great, but it, he's also got experience, and that's what you were looking for. So Caratini is now a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'll tell you this. I Every time, every time you kind of look at a situation and you say, you know what, it's not terrible, hang in there, you know, just if the Brewers can sustain, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, David Stearns, boom, fills the hole. I don't know why I think the Brewers just are going to stand pat and just kind of struggle through it. David Stearns pulls another kind of rabbit out of the hat. And maybe you get Caratini, who's obviously very familiar with the National League Central. Um, Maybe he comes into the situation and excels in Milwaukee, looks at it as an opportunity to, uh, to really, and to kind of burn his old team. The Chicago Cubs, his first uh, <laughs> his first day back, he's going up against his former team, the Chicago Cubs. So good stuff there. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can call. If you want to find us over on Twitter, you can, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, you can also track us down on YouTube. Subscribe for free. And uh, many people have done that, and we appreciate it. Go to YouTube.com, YouTube.com, slash Bill Michaels Show. Three words, put them all together, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, Bill Michaels Show. And just click on subscribe. And when the show comes up, if you're out and about, it can pop up on your mobile device. It can pop up on your laptop, whatever it happens to be. You can also find us on the uh, the app on Twitch TV. And you can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And if you miss any or all of the show and want to go back and listen to it, you can simply uh, Spotify. You can find it at Google Podcasts uh, as well, Spotify and Apple iTunes, and plenty of ways to uh, to stay to stay up. Um, so got a lot of stuff right out of the shoot today. And, and I had a couple of questions yesterday about that pitching device that the catchers are going to wear. And the question is, do teams have to use that? No, they don't. They don't have to. They can, but they don't have to. If they don't want to do it, if a catcher's not comfortable with it, if a pitcher's not comfortable with it, uh, it's up to each individual. I mean, a catcher can wear it and have one pitcher want to use it, the other pitcher not. Um, You would assume they try to get as uniform as possible, but what you don't want to do, specifically to a pitcher, is throw them off their game in any way, shape, or form. What you want to do 
is make them as comfortable as possible and give them the most advantage uh, as well. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of where we stand. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We got we got a good lineup today. We got our buddy Kevin Holden from CBS Fifty Eight, our baseball aficionado. He's going to be joining us. Joining us, Andrew Wagner is going to be here today. We're also going to talk with Gary D'Amato, longtime golf writer for the Journal Sentinel. He's been at so many different Masters, it isn't funny. We're going to talk with him about the Masters as well, as that's one of the bigger stories today also. Uh, but stay tuned. We've got a lot coming up. The Bill Michael Show continues right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. The sun is out at Augusta, Tiger, even right now. And uh, all seems right with the world. And you've got baseball today. Uh, the lineup has come out for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, leading off, playing second, Colton Wong. Shortstop, Willie Adamas. Left field, Christian Yelich. The DH, Andrew McCutcheon. Rowdy Telez at first base. Hunter Renfro in right. Uh, Narvaez behind the plate, Kane in center, Peterson at third, and then you got Corbin Burns on the hill. It's Wong, Adamas, Yelich, McCutcheon, Telez, Renfro, Narvaez, Kane, and Peterson. 120 first pitch down at Wrigley. Joining us now on the hotline, our good buddy uh, from CBS 58, uh, Kevin Holden, is joining us here. Kevin, how you doing, pal? Man, this is this is it. This is the day. We uh, we are long winter wait is finally satisfied and of course it's uh you know not even first pitch of opening day and i'm already scrambling through a fantasy lineup after hearing you read that lineup because Luis Arias is out today so i'm making that change right now <laughs> so let, let's first of all let's talk about just uh the pedro severino situation bringing in caratini i said look every time we kind of think that you're just going to have to kind of live with it. David Stearns pulls off something else. And and to pick up Caratini, a guy that's familiar with, obviously, one Wrigley playing in the Cubs organization, familiar with the NL Central, I, I think it's a big get. I mean, it's not huge in the sense that he's going to come in and hit 40 home runs, but I think it's a really assured get. Yeah, it's it really it is the best possible move given the situation, I, I think, is the, the way it boils down. You have your backup catcher, a guy that you planned – on having going into the season and he goes down like 48 hours before opening day, he's gone and he's gone for half the year and, and you've got to figure something out. And that's a, it's a strategic position. And the biggest reason why it is a strategic uh, spot is the Brewers, other two catchers that they had on the 40 man roster at that moment had one combined game of major league experience. And, it's just not going to work. There are positions where that can work. It cannot work at catcher, and it can't work for this specific Brewers team. Omar Narvaez is going to need some days. He's going to need a guy to, to you know, supplant him on those days that can work. And uh, I didn't really think of Caratini as an option because when you Darvish signed with the Padres, Caratini was his basically his personal catcher. He, he brought Caratini along with him uh, to San Diego. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a coup, and like you said, it's not like that's the team MVP right there, but it's a major hole that was filled and filled about as well as you can with that kind of notice. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Not a great spring training for Brandon Woodruff. Do you have any concern at all? And if not, when would you become concerned? 
it's it would take a little while for me to to truly become concerned <clears throat> because uh it's we're still in this weird mode this has gone on for uh, really parts of three seasons now where you've had you had a pandemic to push back the, the start of the season several months so you had training regimens and so on that were shut down people got back to some semblance of normalcy in 2021 and then you had the lockout uh in this last off season that affected uh, workout programs for players. It affected, you know, the ability of, of uh, players to, to speak with team doctors to treat, you know, not just injuries, but just the, the everyday sort of maladies that happen. And so I, I think slow starts mean less to me this year than they have in most years. And uh, in Woodruff's case, he's a guy that once he, once it's going for him, once it starts to click for him, I think he's going to be in, in fine shape. But this abbreviated spring training was just such a, it was such a hard thing to read something into. Uh, you, you had fewer games, and you had more pressure on guys to get ready, especially pitchers, to get ready for opening day. So, no, at this point, no. If it if it goes on for, you know, a month into the regular season, you know, then yeah, you start to really you know wonder about some things. But even if that first or second start is a struggle, it's still cold. Like, yeah, it's it's not not too much of a concern just yet. You got the uh, the DH and Andrew McCutcheon, an interesting pickup, and I like it, a, a fact that he's a veteran, he's been there, done that. Coming off, though, of a year in which he had a, a career-low batting average, but also the most home runs he's hit since 2017. So in his career, uh, he has never had a below-average OPS, and picking him up for you know, three, four, five hundred, even, depending on how well he does plate appearances, do you like that move? Yeah, it's it, there's a lot to like about it. I, I mean, I think those who are expecting Pittsburgh Pirates Andrew McCutcheon are going to be disappointed because that was a few years ago. He's farther along in his career at this point. But I think, as a lot of veteran players do, I think he's making some adjustments. You know, this the, the game right now, and it's happening all up and down the game, is about, you know, a raise of power. It's about launch angle and, and changing the way your swing is and how you make contact with the ball and that sort of thing. And McCutcheon's still a good enough player to squeeze 25 homers out of at this point, uh, you know, if he does all of those things right. Uh, and then it's just it's just a good addition in that sense. And you remember Curtis Granderson a couple of years ago and what he yeah. brought to the first? What a, just, like, he was there and it was instantly just better, better in the clubhouse. Not that, not that there was an issue or anything in the clubhouse, but a good clubhouse can get better. Uh, with a guy like Granderson and like Andrew McCutcheon. I just, I think having him for a whole season is, uh, first of all, Brewers fans are going to absolutely love him. Uh, and I think he's just going to make that team just, just better, better all the way around. Just a good pickup. Then you've got, uh, obviously, as you start to go through the rest of the lineup, uh, you know, Rowdy Telez over at first base. They did not upgrade the first base position. Telez, they bring back, and you, you, you know, he's got power numbers. You know, he ropes the ball. What do you think of of having him as your everyday first baseman? It's uh, it's Rowdy Telez. I think is going to be a, a a good contributor at first base. There's a part in my mind that wonders if Keston Hura continues to hit. If this turns into some sort of, I think platoon is probably the wrong term because when you hear the term platoon, what ends up happening there is the right-handed batter gets about a third of the at bats, and the lefty gets two thirds of the at bats. 
And I don't. I think if Keston Hira is what he can be, if he's if he's quote back or is able to return to to a level of hitting where he was before, uh, they're going to want more than one third of the at bats out of that first base position for Keston Hira. So I think if Telez is is playing against every righty and then a chunk of lefties, that's still okay. It's not uh, you know you're not leading the league over there. But uh, if Keston Hira is back, I think it flips the other way. I could see two-thirds of the at-bats going to Keston Hira and then another third to Rowdy Tillett, who I enjoy because, he, you know, he fits that that body mold. I'm going to miss, you know, Daniel Vogelbach and, and just, you know, feeling feeling better about the, you know, the extra food that I ate today. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, it just makes, it makes me feel better. That's what it's about, right? Like, you, you play, like Jose Altuve is the – is you know is, is a short guy that plays great baseball, and I think he's an right. inspiration for people that are like, well, I'm not six six, but I can be a professional athlete. It's the same way. Like, hey, look, I had I had some extra, you know, bacon and whatever for breakfast, but it's all good. I'm still good. So uh, let me let me go with the two obvious, and that is Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. We'll start with Yelich. Yelich uh, did not have a great spring uh, when it comes to power numbers. As a matter of fact, he didn't hit any home runs. He had a couple of doubles, but that was the extent of it. Uh, this year is, to me, a prove-it year for Christian Yelich. And how many, if he, say, gets 400, 500 at-bats, how many dingers should we expect out of Christian Yelich? Man, it's it, the, the, the new Yelich is probably capable of – Something in the 20s, maybe the mid-20s off of that, low to mid-20s. And it's, you know, not probably not what fans want to hear. Uh, he is, even in his mortal form that he's had since 2020, he's still an above-average regular in a lot of different ways. He's still, he's still a good player, just not a, a guy that completely tips the scale in your favor. If he turns into the old Yelich, then it's 35 of those in 500 at bats plus a whole lot of other good stuff. So it, I mean, it could happen, but um, you know, realistically, if he's, you know, somewhere near his 2021 form plus a little, if he makes a little progress, that that's, that's probably okay for this team. It's not a difference maker, but it's at least okay. Uh, and then Lorenzo Cain, we, we know that he's coming into the end of his career. He's even stated it, that this might be it. Uh, you know, I mean, I know he's got some capability, but I want to see if he's going to actually be able to reach that capability. If he does, things begin to look a little bit different regarding Lorenzo Cain and, and his use and the way they would pl- platoon the outfield because you got Tyrone Taylor, who had a tremendous spring. He's waiting in the wings as well. They've got Hunter Renfro, obviously, out there. But I think Lorenzo Cain could be an X factor by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, you're you're right about it. That was here's another case of somebody that that essentially lost 2020 uh, to uh, to the pandemic's way, opted out, and last year you know was back with uh, you know eight homers and 13 steals, and the OPS was 730, which is not a not an eye popping OPS. It's uh, yeah, it's one of those things where if you could get him back even to 2019 form, 2019 form would be totally fine that was that was 11 homers 48 ribbies um you know that that, this is an interesting combination because it's also about playing center field and that goes back to the andrew mccutcheon question the old andrew mccutcheon would be just fine as a replacement in center field might be the starting center fielder in that situation but mccutcheon is also a little farther along in his career so yeah you, you could see it falling to you know a tyrone taylor or somebody like that but King's another veteran, another guy that's going to give a steady presence, a winner in Kansas City and a winner in Milwaukee. And, you know, if he's if he's just 
if he could just do what his capabilities are at this stage, at this age of his career, he's a benefit to the Brewers. And that outfield looks really good if that happens. Talking with Kevin Holden, CBS 58, uh, talking some Brewers baseball here on opening day. Uh, then the back end of the bullpen pretty much set. Uh, Hader, Devin Williams, you start to go through that list. Uh, but the rest of the division looks to be somewhat in peril. Uh, even the even the St. Louis Cardinals already have some issues with Flaherty. They're starting pitcher. He's got bursitis in his shoulder. They're giving him injections. He's going to be out a couple of weeks. So give me your thoughts on the rest of the division, how it, how it stacks up. It's uh, yeah. Right now, it's it's a, a two team race in my mind, and and like you say, uh, if you're already having issues injury wise uh, in St. Louis, that's that's going to be the one thing that they need there the most is health because they they're relying on you know some guys that have been around a long long time to have Albert Pujols back is fun, but it's also very much a show situation. He'll he'll DH some, he'll get some abs. He's you know he's not a centerpiece for that team now. Uh, Molina is, is uh, probably done after this year. And Adam Wainwright, at 40 years old, is one of the centerpieces of the rotation. And that's where the concern comes in. If you if you have an issue there and you have one with Flaherty, who's had issues now for a few years, uh, pitching could turn out to be an issue in St. Louis. Who knew that there was a world where the St. Louis Cardinals had the same pitching problems as the rest of the universe? Like, right. this went off. 20 years where it was like, oh, look, here's this guy from AAA, and he pitches like a Cy Young winner off the top. Like, Brewers fans have dealt with that for more than a decade. So uh, if if the Cardinals don't have health in pitching, yeah, then there's going to be an issue. And there is no other contender. I don't even see anyone, you know, stepping up and being a surprise in the NL Central. I mean, maybe there's a tiny, tiny chance the Cubs put something together. I wouldn't put any money on that. And the Reds and Pirates are, are in the wrong direction. They're stuck way back, in, you know, just floating at the back of the whole thing. So uh, if, if the Brewers don't just, you know, face plant out of the gate, they've got to be an overwhelming favorite to win the division. And I'm not just saying that because of where we are. It's true. The, uh, the team's most likely to be in the NLCS at the end of the season. Oh, man. You look at that Dodgers lineup, and it, it's it just – it reminds me of when I throw the cheat mode on in the video game. And, you know, I, I say, okay, I'm going to – I like this team that I have, but I'm going to go get these four other all-stars from other teams and just add them into what I've got. I mean, it's it's really crazy. The, the You know, obviously there's just the, the most money, all of the money, uh, able to be spent on guys. And, and that, that lineup, the depth of lineup, the way that pitching staff looks, I don't know how you could go against the Dodgers as – a team that would at least be in the NLCS. I think the Brewers are absolutely capable of that. Pitching is still the name of the game. If you get Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and even the back end with uh, Hauser and Lauer, and they look impressive. If, if there's no bumps there, nothing crazy there, they could absolutely be in that mix. I can see the Braves in the mix as well, although uh, there may be some hangover there, uh, you know, after winning the title and then losing Freddie Freeman. Olsen is a good addition for them at first base, but Dodgers Brewers seems like a pretty uh, pretty good NLCS for me. Good stuff as always, and it uh, looks like a week from today we're going to see you. Oh, man, you know it. Uh, yeah, okay. opening day here uh, against, the, against the Cardinals, that's going to be great. Now you Tell me again, you're at, where are you? We're at Stenny's. Yes, that's right. Okay, yes. We're going to make that happen. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. I'm going to hold you to it.
I'll have food and beverages for you, that's for sure, but I'm going to hold you to it for sure. I'm going to work on my Rowdy Telez-esque physique. <laughs> okay. All right, Kevin, we'll talk to you, pal. Thanks, Bill. There you go. That's Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and kind of running through the rest of the uh, the, the rest of the uh, the team, some of the question marks, the division, uh, the rest of the the National League. So there you have it. Good stuff from our buddy Kevin. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Quick Trip. And if you're going to do some grilling next week, get out, get those uh, those little pork fillets, those bacon wrapped pork fillets. Uh, five of them, ninety nine cents. They limit you to five of them, but uh, you've got something then to go ahead and. And uh, throw into the uh, the tailgate fair, so to speak. But stop off at Quick Trip, get everything you need for the tailgate. You can get uh, the bread and the buns, and you can get the hot dogs, the brats, those pork fillets, all the fixings, all the toppings. You can stop into the beer cave. So many things over there at Quick Trip. Stop in and tell them we said hi, or just grab some of the whatever special it is that day. They've got uh, those cheeseburgers, the rib sandwiches. The, uh, the double-decker Angus burgers, the ham and cheese. They got all the breakfast sandwiches. Whatever it happens to be, stop in to Quick Trip and grab that for yourself as well. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Quick Trip, great, great sponsor of the program. We certainly appreciate them being a part of it for so, so long. Going to step away. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.